Listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke, your daily Broncos podcast. Following the injury to Juwan James last week, the Denver Broncos are focused on bringing in players this week for workouts to see if they can help fill the void of depth that is lingering after his injury. Plus, it's Twitter Tuesday as Broncos fans send in their questions ahead of the start of rookie minicamp which begins this Friday. We break it all down on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Senior NFL Analyst at Pro Football Network and Broncos Analyst for the Lockdown NFL Network. You can follow me on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL. Make sure you follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Broncos. Like us on Facebook and make sure you hit that subscribe or follow button on your favorite podcast provider, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or our good friends over there at the Odyssey app. We're now seeing the issues that we had with Apple Podcasts start to resolve themselves a little bit. So if you're a subscriber on Apple Podcasts, you should now be getting the podcast every single day. Once again, hopefully it maintains and stayed the same. But just a reminder, after this episode is done, I'd love for all of you to go check out the Peacock and Williamson show here on the Lockdown NFL Network, hosted by Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson, who bring you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the National Football League. So check out the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, wherever you get your podcast. But ladies and gentlemen, on today's episode of the show, we got a lot to talk about the Broncos looking at bringing in some offensive tackles to see if there's going to be a fit ahead of training camp. The Broncos want to bring in a veteran option following the injury to right tackle Juwan James. That injury occurred last week. No word yet as to whether or not the Broncos will or will not pay him. That's going to be something we continue to monitor but more than likely, I don't believe that Denver will pay Juwan James his $10.58 million guaranteed salary that he was expected to make this year because of the fact that he got injured away from the team facility. But KOA Broncos insider Benjamin Albright, good friend of the show, had tweeted out that the Broncos are expected to visit with former Tennessee Titans right tackle Dennis Kelly and former Chicago Bears offensive tackle Bobby Massey this week. And I wanted to throw it out there for Broncos country and kind of give a little bit of insight as to who might be the best bet personally for Denver. Now, when I look at the comparison between these two prospects, I feel like Dennis Kelly will be the better option for the Broncos. He's 30 years old. He's expected to be 31. He started in all 16 games for the Tennessee Titans in 2020. He only had two penalties called on him, but he allowed zero sacks from the tackle position. He's got a nasty streak to him. He's a little versatile in the sense that Tennessee used him. He caught a touchdown last year. They used him in a goal line package, but he's going to be a veteran option. I feel like will give the Broncos a better opportunity. Now, even if they were to sign Dennis Kelly this week, there is no way that he's just going to enter as the prominent starter. There will be an open training camp competition between whoever the Broncos decide to sign a right tackle at some point this week, maybe next week or this month. It could be one of those talking points there, but they'll have a competition against Calvin Anderson for the team's open spot at right tackle. And they're also going to be bringing in former Chicago Bears offensive tackle Bobby Massey, who in 2020 had three sacks allowed. He had one penalty but only played in eight games last season. He dealt with an injury. And I think when you look at the clean bill of health for Dennis Kelly in comparison to Massey, I don't know if the Broncos are in a position where they want to pay a guy or bring a guy in that is coming off of an injury. And that's where I think the favor goes to Dennis Kelly. And Mike Munchak's blocking scheme seems to be a better overall fit for the team in comparison to Massey. But then again, 
the Broncos are looking at every option here. The way that I'm viewing it right now in comparison to Kelly and Massey is just from the perspective of a clean bill of health. The fact that one player played 16 games, started in 16 games, one player played in eight, started in eight, and missed eight games due to an injury. Me, if I were a GM, and this is my personal opinion, I would select a guy that's coming off of a healthier season, and also zero sacks allowed is definitely nice. When you look at Massey, we talked about the three sacks allowed in eight games, so we try to ponder what the sample size would have been if he played in 16 games. How many sacks would have been allowed? Would have stayed at three? Would have increased? There's a lot of different ways we can look at it. So for me, Dennis Kelly would be the prime option, in my personal opinion, that I think the Broncos, if they're going to sign any veteran tackle, it should be him that's open on the free agency market. And in some other Broncos news, the number changes were announced by the team yesterday for various players. And on the roster, KJ Hamler, he's going from number 13. He's going to wear number one, his college number that he wore at Penn State. Patrick Sertan, the Broncos' first-round rookie selection from the 2021 NFL Draft. Like he was in Alabama, he's going to be wearing number two. Michael Ojemudia is switching numbers as well for the organization this year. He's going to number 13, which KJ Hamler held that last year. Michael Ojemudia is going to be giving up number 23 to Kyle Fuller. So they swapped right there, and it was easy for Michael Ojemudia to pick up number 13 because that became available, and he didn't have to pay KJ Hamler money to be able to get that jersey. So I wonder what Kyle Fuller paid OJ to be able to get that number. Former Broncos wide receiver, quarterback, he's still on the roster, practice squad player Kendall Hinton. He's going to be wearing number nine, which was previously worn by Jeff Driscoll, who's no longer on the roster. Cornerback Nate Harrison makes the switch to number 27, which I feel like brings up a conversation. I feel like with the New Jersey rules, I was hoping that numbers like 24, 27, and number 30 for the Broncos would be numbers that players don't necessarily go out and wear because obviously Steve Atwater, Champ Bailey, Terrell Davis, but those numbers outside of 24 have been selected. 24 has not been taken so far. Newest Broncos quarterback Teddy Bridgewater will be wearing number five, previously held by former Broncos great Joe Flacco. I hope you sense the sarcasm in my voice there. Ronald Darby, the team's offseason acquisition at cornerback, is going to come in and wear number 21, which was held by A.J. Bouye last year. And Mike Boone's coming in to wear number 26 from the tailback position. And Natrez Patrick, he's going to come in wearing number 57. Eric Sobert's going to wear number 82. The Broncos signed him last week, formerly of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Isaiah Mack's going to wear number 97. And Shamar Stevens is going to wear number 99. Now, the rookie class here for the Broncos, they were assigned their numbers as well. And I was expecting Javante Williams to maybe get a different number. I don't know what number it was going to be, but I didn't expect it to be number 33. He's going to wear that number for the Broncos. And we'll see if it changes because all of these jerseys that are signed right now, they could change as the season approaches. It's even noted there by the Broncos that these jerseys are not official. I mean, outside of KJ Hamler, Sertan, Ojemudia, Fuller, Teddy Bridgewater, Ronald Darby, and Mike Boone, I do imagine that those jerseys will be official. The other ones are subject to change. So Javante Williams, the Broncos second round pick, is going to wear number 33. Quinn Miners, the Broncos third round selection out of Wisconsin. Whitewater is going to wear number 77. Baron Brown is going to wear number 56, which tells me he's going to be playing that inside backer position. Usually you see those numbers assigned and you could pinpoint what position they're more than likely going to play. I think it solidifies that Browning is going to be an inside backer for the Broncos. Safety Caden Stern is going to be wearing number 30, which is interesting from the standpoint that usually is an offensive number. He's going to wear that now on the defensive side of the ball. Jamar Johnson is going to wear number 41. Seth Williams, wide receiver out of Auburn, is going to be wearing number 19. And LSU cornerback Kerry Vincent Jr. is going to wear number 35. Jonathan Cooper, number 53, and Marquis Spencer, number 51. And that rounds out the Broncos jersey changes 
and assignments for this upcoming season. Jerseys subject to change, so don't go out there right away and purchase a jersey. I mean, outside of Hamler, Patrick Sertan, Michael Ajmudi, Kyle Fuller, Ronald Darby, Teddy Bridgewater, I think those numbers are pretty guaranteed. So if you want to go and buy one of those jerseys, if you're a Broncos fan, you can do that. I encourage you to do so. But Broncos Country, coming up here in just a moment, we're going to get to some of Broncos Country's burning questions that they have ahead of the start of rookie minicamp. Some questions pertaining to the status of special teams this upcoming season. A Broncos player that was on the practice squad for majority of last year stepped in during the regular season for one game. What does the outlook look like for him? Plus, much more. But before we do that, folks, i got to tell you about one of the sponsors of today's episode of the show. It's a good friends over there, BetOnline.ag. And we know that BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. With the MLB season in full swing, you can track all the action at BetOnline. And you can get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC and MMA action. So before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And as we continue on with today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, Broncos country, just want to throw a little bit of a reminder out that Sundays on the Lockdown NFL Pods Twitter handle, Ross Jackson hosts the Lockdown Saints and myself. We host Lockdown NFL Sunday, which is a video show. And during the season, it is a video pregame show, all football talk, no fluff. And because tomorrow is a very special day for the NFL, it is the schedule release. We're going to figure out which teams the Broncos play when they play them, what is going to be the toughest stretch? What is the bye week coming in? We're going to have a complete reaction show live on Twitter at Lockdown NFL Pods and also on the Lockdown NFL YouTube channel. Be sure to check it out tomorrow evening. It'll be live. Come interact. I'll post the link on Twitter for the live NFL schedule release. We'll talk about the Broncos. We'll talk about the Saints. And we'll talk about the wide variety of NFL games across all 32 teams tomorrow on the Lockdown NFL YouTube channel. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and also head to Lockdown Broncos on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button as well because coming a little bit later this week, we're going to begin our video podcast on their Lockdown Broncos will be daily in the audio format on your favorite podcast provider, but also in video on YouTube, your home for daily Denver Broncos football coverage, courtesy of yours truly. But let's get into some Broncos country questions here on Twitter Tuesday. And I tell you, I love Twitter Tuesday because it gives me a chance to interact with all of you. And I'm seriously considering creating a voicemail line that way you, the listeners of the show, and you Broncos fans can call in after games. You can call in whenever during the week if there's any voicemails. I will play them here on the show. I will respond to them. But you have a chance to have your voice heard here on the podcast, and that would mean the world to me if you do that. So I'm looking at the voicemail line. When it's set up, I will promote the hell out of it, and you'll get it here on the podcast. But I look forward to hearing from you, Broncos country. But I always look forward to hearing from you on Twitter, on Twitter Tuesday, at Cody Work NFL. And we're going to start things off with a question from Jay Anderson. He asked the question, what can we expect from special teams this season? A lot of us were calling for Tom McMahon's head for the last few atrocious seasons, but were the Broncos just victims of poor depth? First off, thank you for your question here, Jay. I wanted to talk about special teams because, yes, there was a question, I think, a few weeks ago where Broncos fans were asking about 
why the team did not move on from Tom McMahon, considering that the Broncos still had some struggles and some evident areas of concern on the special team side of the ball. I wanted to go over where the Broncos finish in terms of rank across the National Football League, and there's obviously room for improvement, and we'll touch on the elements too, considering you mentioned depth and where things are at. But when we look at the gross punting average for the Broncos last season, they finished 11th in the National Football League, averaging 45.9 yards per punt. That's pretty good, and I think the Sam Martin was a breath of fresh air from the Broncos' punting position. I know that Kobe Wadman a couple years ago was making Broncos fans pull their hair out because there were times where he'd have a 30-yard punt, sometimes a 29, and sometimes he'd have a 50-yard punt from time to time, but he was so wildly inconsistent. I didn't get that vibe last year by watching Sam Martin punt for the team. Yeah, there was maybe one or two punts that he had. I mean, it's typical with every punter across the NFL where they're going to have a couple where it doesn't fall off their foot the right way. But for the most part, his punting was good for the Broncos. There were times where the Broncos' offense, they were backed up in the own back part of their goal line, and they would have to punt the ball across the 50. You know, So sometimes the opposing team would start off on you know very good field position on their own 42, 45-yard line, close to midfield. But that wasn't necessarily a product of poor punting. It was more of a product of the fact that bad field positioning put the Broncos in that situation where their back was against the wall. And so for that type of punt is actually really good, but you want to hope that you can pin opposing offenses inside the 20 or even sometimes inside the 10. It gives the Broncos defense a chance to be even more aggressive and to generate turnovers to take away. And you're not playing uh, in a pressure cooker. But I feel like the Broncos defense grew a lot in many areas last year because of the fact that sometimes their average starting field position was close to mid field uh, for a majority of games and various series and that was a big difference maker because sometimes the Broncos they would actually hold up and hold teams to field goals sometimes they'd come away with holding them and, and to nothing to no points at all so I think it made the defense better because it forced them to play a lot tighter. However, you don't want to put your defense in that situation, especially when you had an offense that would come out on the field and they'd be punting the football away You know, within a minute to two minutes on average. That's something where Denver has to get better. So punting, not necessarily worried about that. The Broncos' net punting average was 40.6 yards, good for 14th in the NFL. Denver was actually one of the top teams in the NFL in terms of punt return average at 13.4 yards per punt return. And a lot of that led by Deontay Spencer, which in my opinion signifies that he's going to be the guy this upcoming season, despite the fact that there's going to be other players getting some reps at punt return, kick return, and training camp. Deontay Spencer is the favorite, and he's probably going to be the starter. Uh, Denver, in terms of average punt return yards against, they were 15th in the NFL, so middle of the pack, allowing 8.1 yards per return. And this was an area that I felt like was an issue for the Broncos. There were a couple games, and I think specifically against the Las Vegas Raiders, where the Broncos punted the football away. They gave up a touchdown, and it got called back due to a penalty on the team that was returning. So Denver got bailed out a couple times by a penalty, or else this overall average would have been a lot worse, and Denver probably would have propelled themselves to bottom-ranked in the NFL. So I think Denver's coverage units has to do a better job, and I think a lot of that, as you were appointing to, Jay, has to do with depth. I mean, a lot of these guys that are playing on special teams, they're really young. You have several veterans that play there, but for the most part, these are first-year, second-year third year and a combination of a couple fourth or fifth year guys that are on this unit and they have to obviously play their assignment and, and we can go back and I can go on a Broncos film review and go through some of these punts some of these big returns and see what happened but a lot of times over pursuit being blocked by the wrong guy or going after the wrong guy taking the wrong lane 
that led to some of these big-time returns. But where it is concerned for Denver is that they were one of the worst teams in the NFL when it comes to kickoff return average. It's very hard for Denver to get really good field position and very good yards per return. They were 31st in the NFL when it comes to kickoff return average against. They would allow 29.9 yards per return by the opposing team that is very bad. I mean, that's almost signifying that they're going to be starting at the 30 or even greater, depending on where the ball is kicked. If it's kicked in the end zone and they return it out 29.9 yards, not very good to allow that. But sometimes if the ball is kicked short within 10 yards, allowing 29.9 yards per return on kick return is very bad because the opposing team is going to start off close to midfield in some of those instances. Now, in terms of Denver's kickoff return average, they would only average 20.6 yards per return on kickoff, good for 23rd in the NFL. So that's bottom 10 ranking there. And some teams would schedule these kicks and they would kind of placate towards their strategy of kicking the ball short, kicking it to a specific side, the right side, the left side, but kicking it to where it doesn't go out of the back of the end zone, but kicking it two to three yards short because teams started knowing that the Broncos didn't have very good coverage from the up guys that are blocking the team that's running at them. And Denver could never really set up a decent return. That was an issue for them. That's got to be rectified. And then field goal percentage, Denver was 20th in the NFL, making 80% of their field goals, which comes from Brandon McManus. There's not bad. I, I think when you look at that, considering that 80% is good, but you can always improve on that. I think the, the ballpark for field goal percentage, you want it to be around 89.5%. That would be ideal. McManus field goal percentage was 0.82, 28 to 34 last season. So special teams is an area that has to continue to improve. And we saw spurts where the Broncos did improve, but then we saw spurts where they reverted back. So this is a great question, Jay. I think that depth is definitely an issue. It's a contributing factor, but it gets younger this year with a lot of the guys that the Broncos drafted. A lot of these players, they're going to be special teams guys. So you're going to have to have several veterans that are going to step up and lead that group. But these young guys also have to step up and try to make a name for themselves in the National Football League. But Broncos country coming up here in just a moment. We're going to answer questions from Alex, Larry, Kyle, and Jesse about Kendall Hinton. Will he get some snaps at quarterback? What about the Broncos bringing in a young quarterback for training camp? What's going on with Deshaun Hamilton's status? And we talk about Patrick Sertan coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, i got to tell you about the other sponsor of today's episode of the show. That's our good friends of their rockauto.com. And rockauto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. And you can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And they have everything that you could be looking for, whether it's an engine control module, tail lamps, brake parts, motor oil, or even new carpet. And whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, you get everything you need in just a few easy clicks, all delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is also unique and remarkably easy to navigate. One thing I liked about the website is that I could quickly see all the parts available for my vehicle based on year, make, model. I get to choose the brands, the specifications, and even the prices that I prefer. It made my shopping experience much easier for what I needed for my vehicle. And best of all, prices at rockauto.com, they're always reliably low and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts elsewhere when you can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write Lockdown Broncos in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. And as we jump into the fourth quarter of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, just a reminder, folks, that the best way to get this podcast every single day is by making sure that you are following or that you're subscribing on your favorite podcast provider. That's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Odyssey. And if you are still running into any issues with Apple Podcasts, just a reminder that those other platforms are available for you there. We have done a daily podcast all year long, Monday through Friday. So if you missed any of last week's due to the issue that was going on with Apple Podcasts, I encourage you to go to Spotify. 
Spotify or Odyssey. I love Odyssey personally. The interface is super, super user-friendly, A-U-D-A-C-Y, in your favorite app store. Be sure to check it out for whatever episodes you may have missed. We talked about a lot. We covered a lot of ground, and we had some insight from the local experts on some of the college draft signings that the Broncos had in the 2021 NFL Draft. But let's continue on here with Twitter Tuesday, getting to more questions from the avid listeners all across Broncos country. Next up, it is Alex, and he says, Do you think that Kendall Hinton will get a few preseason snaps under center? Alex, I don't think that's going to be the case this year. For Denver, that was just one of those kind of freak scenarios where Denver, they didn't have a single quarterback and it was either forfeit or run the Wildcat, which we saw Denver run a lot of Wildcat, but Kendall Hinton hadn't played quarterback for a little bit of time before even coming in. And you could tell that playing quarterback in college is a lot different than playing quarterback in the NFL. I mean, Kendall Hinton, he's athletic. You could see that he could run away from guys, but in terms of his ability to throw on the run, it wasn't quite there. I don't think that he's going to get any snaps in the preseason. I think he's going to stay at wide receiver. But then I wouldn't be surprised, and again, at this point, if Denver does get him some quarterback reps. I just don't see it happening right now with the ongoing quarterback competition between Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke, a potential hypothetical trade that could happen post-June 1st. We don't know what that's going to look like yet, if that's even going to happen. So quarterback right now is kind of settled on this competition between Drew and Teddy, which we actually talked about the pros and cons of a 50-50 rep split in training camp on yesterday's episode of Lockdown Broncos. If you missed that, please go back and check that out. I broke down the coach's perspective, what coaches look at when they evaluate a QB competition and how they split it up and what their evaluating factors are. So a lot of great insight in yesterday's show. But yeah, I mean, I, at this point, I don't think he's going to get any reps under center. I do think that he's going to get some work at wide receiver. And I think because of what he did last year for the team, they recognized that. And they, you know, they saw him step up in a big way. I wouldn't be surprised if Kendall Hinton makes the Broncos this year. He could still be a practice squad guy, but I wonder if he could be a gunner on special teams. Imagine him and Kerry Vincent Jr. running downfield as the team's gunners. I think Dever wants to give Hinton the chance to make the team in some capacity, and I think we're going to see that maybe play out, but it's not going to be at the quarterback position, in my opinion, Alex. Larry is up next. He says, could the Broncos bring in a young quarterback for training camp still at this point? I, I think it's possible, Larry, but like I said, there's so much uncertainty about what's going to happen at the position within the next month. I mean, we had the projected quarterback competition between Teddy and Drew. We know Brett Rippon is still on the roster. The, the Broncos view him highly. I wouldn't be surprised if the Broncos maybe bring in at some point an undrafted rookie free agent quarterback or maybe even another quarterback, a young guy for training camp. That way, when preseason games happen, the three anticipated preseason games they don't necessarily have to throw Teddy and Drew out there and probably more, you know, in more than one game. I think that they'll get one, one and a half games each. I think that you're going to see game one. One guy's going to alternate first half, the other guy second half, and vice versa. You're going to see the same thing in game number two, game three. You can have that scenario there where you throw Brett Rippon in for a whole game, but do you really want to do that? Do you want to maybe provide him with some relief? Because the Broncos hope that he can become a really great signal caller and a veteran backup at some point in the National Football League. I don't think that they're going to bring in a young guy, but then they could just to be able to get a numbers game going, giving a guy an opportunity to get some tape out there, maybe so an other NFL team can pick him up. But at this point, I wouldn't be surprised if they did or didn't bring in a young quarterback, but that's a great question. Kyle is up next. He says, what's the deal with Deshaun Hamilton? Is he going to be dealt or cut? Anyone else that could be dealt based upon the draft? I'm trying to avoid the obvious A.A. Ron questions. Kyle, I appreciate you first and foremost. 
for not flooding it with Aaron Rodgers questions because when Deshaun Watson was available, it's all we got for Tour Tuesday with Deshaun Watson questions. And it was very uh, kind of overwhelming because it was the same question every single week. So uh, outside of that, you know, I do think that if there is any kind of potential trade package that is created, let's say for an AA run, I'll, I'll link it there for you, even though you didn't ask me about Rodgers. I do think that maybe Deshaun will probably be linked in that. You could see Deshaun and maybe Royce Freeman linked in a potential package there alongside three first round picks. But at this point, if there is no trade for Aaron Rodgers, I do think that Deshaun Hamilton will be on the roster this upcoming season. I think he's going to work his way in, in competition. He's the one of the team's best blocking wideouts, which is going to account for something. Can he evolve? Can he take the next step as a pass catcher? Can he be more consistent? Can he get off to a hot start rather than getting off to a hot start late in the season? I think that's going to be something to keep an eye on. But if he has a, an ideal or even just an average training camp, I don't know if the team's going to cut him. I don't think that they would because he'll be picked up fairly quickly. I think, if anything, the Broncos will try to get some value out of him. If they have a feeling that they're going to cut him, they may try to trade him first, and if nothing happens, then they might cut him. But I still wouldn't even discount Deshaun not being on the team, but I still think he has a chance to be on the team this upcoming season. And getting to our final question of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos Twitter Tuesday comes from Jesse. He asked the question, what type of impact do you think Patrick Sertan could have for the defense in his rookie season? Well, last week we heard from Luke Robinson, host of the Lockdown Alabama podcast. Be sure to check that out if you're a Bama fan listening to this show. I know we're going to have a lot of Bama fans to follow around Patrick Sertan and Jerry Judy, so I encourage you to listen to Luke. He's got a lot of great insights to what's going on with the Crimson Tide. But, you know, for me, just based on watching his All-22 film, and I promise that film review is going to be coming up on the Broncos Film Breakdown YouTube channel here soon. There is a lot to like about this player, and when you try to factor in how he could play as a rookie, I mean, he doesn't look like a rookie. He doesn't look like a player that might be too scared for the big game or the the bright lights might be a big moment for him. He's played in many of those bright lights moments at Alabama, playing in national championship games, playing in college playoffs. The bright moments aren't too big for him, and that's something you can evidently see right away. He plays with an unnatural level of confidence that is super exciting. And, and as a DB coach, as a DB aficionado, I love defensive back play. It, it excites me to my core to see a player like him because I, I've mentioned it here on the podcast. When the play is going away from him, he still makes it look pretty. The way that he disguises his covers, the way that he walks up. I mean, there's times where he runs up and press coverage in front of the receiver and he's clapping his hands because he wants that smoke. He wants that action. And he can match up against some of the more sizable targets that Denver will face this upcoming season. And I think that's a challenge that Vic Fangio is going to put on him early. And we'll see how he responds. But I, I don't think that he's going to respond in a negative way. You know, as a rookie, I do expect him at times and I do expect it throughout his career at times, yes, he's going to give up a touchdown. He's going to get beat on a few plays, but I don't expect it to be a consistent trend. I think that if he does get burnt at some point, he's going to rebound. He's going to make a play the next time. But he's got tremendous athletic elite ball hawk skills that has me excited because when you look at the comparison of the Broncos DBs on roster, yes, I think Justin Simmons has elite ball player skills. I think Patrick Sertan does too. And Bryce Callahan, you can make the argument he does as well. Dever has three really good DBs that can make plays on the football in the air, and Denver has to get more takeaways, I think he's going to have an impact from the standpoint that teams are going to test him as a rookie, and he's going to come away with takeaways. I think I'm going to project him to have probably around five interceptions this upcoming season. I know it's early, folks. Don't shoot the messenger. But based on what I'm watching on film, I think he's going to fit really well in Vic's defense. And if he does fit the way that I expect, I can see him having five takeaways this upcoming season as a rookie. But that is my thoughts on the type of impact that Sertan could have for the defense this upcoming season. And Broncos country, that will conclude today's episode Lockdown Broncos here on the Lockdown NFL Network. Just a reminder, tomorrow is the 
the NFL Schedule Release Show, Ross Jackson and myself, we host Locked On NFL Sunday Live. We're going to have a very special Locked On NFL Schedule Release Show on the YouTube channel, Locked On NFL. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Turn the notification bell on so when we go live, it's going to deliver directly to your phone. You can watch us on your television. We're going to react to some of the biggest matchups that the Saints, that the Broncos, and that other teams around the NFL are going to have. The biggest nationally televised games, some of the storylines that we will see as well. We're going to break it down in a live show. And plus, we're going to have a full-on reaction on Thursday's episode, Locked On Broncos of the Broncos schedules. We're going to have Patrick Coyote on here with myself. We're going to break down the biggest matchups, the hardest stretches, and the Broncos strength to schedule. According to the Vegas win total estimation, they have one of the easiest schedules in the NFL on paper right now. So we're going to break it down. We're going to see how things fold out, and you have a chance to predict the Broncos record. Even though I'm not big into record predictions, you can share your thoughts and your record predictions as well. That'll be on Thursday's episode of the show, but we'll also see you tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show here on your favorite podcast provider. Make sure you hit that subscribe or follow button to get this show every single day, five days a week, all year long. Coverage of the team that you root for on Sundays. I'm Cody Rourke, host of Lockdown Broncos. We'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show.